Welcome to the Autoimmune Podcast with a YOU. In this podcast, we interview guest autoimmune warriors and researchers and try to get answers to some of the toughest questions in the autoimmune space so you can live your best life. I'm your co-host, Elise McKenzie. And I'm Melanie Igwe. Let's start the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Autoimmune Podcast. Today, we're joined by Shonda, an IBD patient advocate, drug view brand affiliate, color of Crohn's and chronic illness ambassador, owner of Beyond Apparel and Beyond Residential. She specializes in helping women that desire to be entrepreneurs go beyond distractions, negativity, and self-limitations. Shonda is passionate about IBD awareness and health equity. Thanks so much for being here, Shonda. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Um, We had a lovely conversation before, so we're in for a treat because Shonda is awesome. Thank you. But I want to kick off this conversation with you telling us about your diagnostic journey with IBD and more acutely UC. Okay. It's a long journey. I'll start there. It's been a long one and I have a long road ahead of me too, but I've been um, battling with UC for 28 years now. My first sign of a symptom, I was 14 and that was blood in my stool. I was one of the ones that suffered in silence for a whole decade. I didn't share with anyone um, about the blood in my stool because it's like, who talks about blood in their stool? Like, I never heard that in where I grew up and in my community. So it freaked me out when I first saw the blood, but it went away for a little bit. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's nothing. No big deal, you know? So didn't have any pain, no diarrhea, any of that, just that blood that one time. And then that was the summer of 1994. I was heading into high school that fall. So um, blood came back a couple of months later and I'm like, what's going on here? Still no pain or any of that. Still didn't share with anyone. Went away again. So I kind of dealt with that on and off for 10 years. All through my high school years, um, blood in the stool, a little bit of urgency here and there, but nothing major. Never, Still never shared with anyone. I was just too embarrassed to do that. And then moving forward after high school, the blood still came and went. And then there was like a smell attached to that. So I'm like, maybe that's just because I'm bleeding now too. Still was too afraid to say anything. Um, It wasn't until I got pregnant with my daughter and I completely went into remission. I didn't know it was remission at the time, but symptoms completely went away. Right before I had her, I was getting more urgency, more blood, more diarrhea, but everything went away. So I'm like, okay, I'm not dying. I've been alive for over a decade now. All my symptoms are gone and months have went by. And then lo and behold, after I have her, maybe like a month, month and a half later, the ulcerative colitis came back like with a vengeance. The blood, the diarrhea, the stomach pain, that was something I didn't really experience, but it came after I had her, the stomach pain. So all the symptoms, you name it, I had it. But at that point, I decided, you know, I have a daughter now. She needs her mommy. And for her own health and well-being, I probably should find out what's going on. So I reached out to my primary care provider and instantly, as soon as I said blood, she sent me to a GI doctor. Um, That GI doctor scheduled me for a colonoscopy and I got the results that I had ulcerative colitis. And at that point, I'm like, ulcerative, what? Never heard of it before. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know anyone that had it. He just said I had ulcerative colitis. I would need colonoscopies the rest of my life. And this is a lifelong disease. So (laughs) that's like the beginning of it all. Thanks for sharing. That's it's really crazy. I think especially considering where social media is right now. I think there are flaws with social media, 
But one of the good things I think is that people are much more comfortable talking about things that might have been considered taboo, even just like yeah. five years ago. So things like blood in your stool or just experiences with your body or with mental health, those are things that people never used to speak about. And now I see you are often, you know, on social media talking about these things. And I think that is one silver lining that has come out of all these platforms. Absolutely. But yeah, so I mean, it it sounds like luckily once you were able to connect with your doctor about your symptoms, you had a diagnosis like relatively quickly. And I'm wondering what it looked like once you finally had that diagnosis. I know there are so many treatments out there for autoimmune diseases, particularly for IBD and UC. So what did that journey look like for you of finding a treatment that worked? The first thing they put me on, it actually helped me. It was a steroid. So that helped. I wasn't, that was the first time I ever heard of that steroid before, but they put me on the steroid and something else. And that did help me. It did bring me out of the flare. I was like, okay, this is great. I'm going to be fine. I, I didn't take my medication as serious as I should have in the beginning. You know, I didn't, you know, every, when they say take your medication, they mean it because I did suffer some side effects from not taking my medication when I was supposed to, but it did help. It did work. Um, at that point though, I still wasn't as open with everyone about what was going on with me. They, I just said, I have stomach problems and, you know, I'm on medication now and I have to get colonoscopies. So I wasn't still real open with everyone, but that medication that they initially started me on, it did help until later on down the line, things changed with the UC. That's great to hear. So I kind of want to pull on that thread, right? Because mm-hmm. um, with us having a mission to diversify clinical research and make sure that all people are included, a thing that we always like to understand, especially from people and more particularly women of color, is how did your identity impact or has impacted rather your journey with IBD so far? Well, (laughs) I lived in two different states. So I got two different sides of the spectrum when it comes to healthcare and my treatment. Living in Chicago, the the medical treatment and and the care I received from doctors were, it was great for me. Um, Like I said, initially the first round of medications that I was on, it worked for me well until it didn't work anymore. And that's because the older I got, the more stress came into my life, the more flares came and my medication didn't work like it did. But in 2018, I was transitioning to Georgia. I was moving and I was in the middle of a flare. So I transitioned, moved over to Georgia. And of course there was a gap in insurance. So um, I started a new job. I'm working at health in healthcare at this point. So I'm working in healthcare, but my insurance doesn't kick in right away. So I'm paying for medication out of pocket. But this medication that I was previously on here was not working. So I had to find a new GI as well. So I went through four GIs in Georgia. And I felt like because I was a woman and a woman of color, I wasn't getting the treatment that I needed. And it definitely wasn't the same treatment that I was receiving back when I was in Chicago. I I just noticed the difference. I was being told, oh, you just have IBS. When I'm telling the doctor, "Um, I have IBD. I've been diagnosed with this for years now. I know what I have. I just need to be treated or I need a different type of medication to help me at this point. Prior to me leaving to move from Chicago to Atlanta, my GI at the time wanted me to be on um, a, a biologic. And we were starting a process for that. But because my insurance stopped because of the move, I couldn't get on the biologic. So he's like, as soon as you get to Atlanta, let them know what our treatment plan was. So 
finally, when the insurance does kick in after I'm paying out money at the uh, emergency room and paying for certain maintenance medications that's not working, my insurance kicks in and I tell my GI about the bag logic and the insurance won't cover it. They're like, you have to follow this process first, which I now know is step therapy. I didn't know that originally. Um, and that was my last GI who actually kind of helped me out. But prior to her, I had three other GIs and they were just kind of like brushing me off. I was given medication for my mental instead of to help with my stomach pain. And I'm like, what's going on with my brain and my mind? It, I'm like, this is not making my stomach feel better. And he basically told me like, you're overreacting. It's just the IBS. I'm going to give you something to calm you down. And I'm like, it's not IBS. And they were not listening to me at all. So I went through four GIs before I found a GI whose mother actually had ulcerative colitis. And I considered myself blessed at that point. And she was all about listening to me, giving me her recommendation and us coming up with a treatment plan together. Although I still was put on a biologic, it wasn't the initial biologic that they wanted to start me on in Chicago. It was a different one. And that biologic actually made me sicker. So um, I made the decision to stop it. So there's a lot there. And I wish what you just said was unique, but unfortunately it's not, right? I do have a question. So in your continuation of care, did they have your medical records? What were they using to base this new diagnosis of IBS onto you? And like, did, were there any diagnostics? Like, did you go through any testing or is it just do any testing at that point. They did have my medical records and I actually had some of my own medical records that I brought in with me, but there was no diagnostics at that point. I'm like, are you going to do any blood work? I'm losing blood here. Like nothing. He's just kind of like listening to my belly. And I remember trying to explain to him, I've been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. This is what I was on in the past. It's not working for me anymore. I was due to be on a biologic and I, my insurance hadn't kicked in yet. So I'm like, I need to be on something that I probably never tried before. Um, and we know biologics are pretty expensive. Yeah. So I had to go through approval processes when I did get the insurance. But there was no, no diagnostic. There was no blood work in the beginning. Those first three GIs didn't help me at all. And the fourth one that I found, it was um, so happened that I was off work in pain and I'm like, I just got to see somebody. And she was fairly new and she had open appointments. So I'm like, I'll see her. I'll see her. And after that, I just fell in love with her. And when she told me, because I learned to ask the question, to, uh, why are you so passionate about uh, GI and IBD? That's my question to doctors, because I want to understand why are you doing this job? Uh, what's your connection? And so when she told me that her mom had UC, I felt safe in her hands. But And she ran all of the tests. She did the CBDs at CBC and the um, hepatic function panel. She did all of that. She did my colonoscopy. So I felt very safe with her. And actually, she helped me get to remission. That is awesome to hear. And I love the way that you teased out the way and really an approach that a lot of people can use to advocate for themselves by understanding like, the why of the physician that you're seeing in the first place. Like, why are they passionate about like treating in this specialty and mm -hmm. using that along with, frankly, their medical competence to then evaluate whether this is a good provider for you or not. So I absolutely love that. 
Thank yeah. you. That's something living in Georgia and Atlanta, Georgia, that what kind of really pushed me into advocacy because I actually, I thought I was going to die in Georgia. Like people were knocking on my door saying like, we haven't seen your car move. What's going on? And, you know, they were worried about me. And I started experiencing symptoms with UC that I'd never had. Like I didn't know I can have joint pain or couldn't walk. I started dropping like 17 pounds in like two and a half weeks. So I felt like I was doing a lot of advocacy on my own to make sure that I stay alive. And after that, I'm like, that taught me how to ask the right questions. And when anyone tells me they're trying to find a GI, the first question I say to ask is, ask them, why are they doing this? Yeah, that should be the that's my first question. Yeah, it's a really good point. And yesterday I was just talking to someone who is like, when people think of what makes a good doctor, the first thing that someone might think is like, oh, like credentials, like where you went to school or whatever. But if you're a patient, the criteria is actually quite different, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. what kind of questions are you asking? Like, are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? Do you believe me? All these things that don't necessarily come with a, you know, degree from a top five medical school. So it's really interesting to hear right. that. And that leads me pretty naturally into our next question, which is about your work in advocacy and as an entrepreneur. Um, I'd love to hear about your entrepreneurial and advocate roles and how that has fit into your journey. Sure. So I wasn't planning on starting Beyond, but it was one of those things that God kind of like gave to me and kept pushing me to start even when I tried to pull away. So I was off work for ulcerative colitis. <laughs> and I was at home um, on short-term disability. And at this point, I am starting to have anxiety from going outside and doing certain things. I felt like I had so much coming against me. I had the ulcerative colitis coming against me. I had the mental coming, my mental, mental coming against me. I had things going on at work that caused me to stay home and put me in a flare. I just felt very stressed out. And I remember standing by my bed and God was like, you need to go beyond for yourself. You have to go beyond the negativity. You have to go beyond the ulcerative colitis. You have to go beyond the flare. You have to go beyond anything that's coming against you right now for your health and your well-being. And I'm like, okay, I'll go beyond. And I remember falling asleep, um, having a dream about a t-shirt. And I saw like the exact image of the t-shirt. It said selfie checklist, self-love, self-worth, self-esteem, self-respect, all of that. And in my dream, I was telling myself, these are things that I need to make sure that I'm working on to go beyond. So I woke up and I'm like, okay, I'll just make the shirt and maybe I'll make a couple of extra. I'm sure there's other people that probably need to go beyond too. And so I passed out 12 12 shirts. And next thing you know, people were like, hey, how do we get this shirt? Someone else is asking for it. How do we pay? They were trying to give me money. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is a business. And I'm like, okay, I'll call it beyond which is boldly inspire yourself over negativity daily. So that's how that got started. And then when I backed away from it, people were still like, what's, what's new with Beyond? What's going on? You got any, any new apparel? We need that motivation and inspiration. And at that time, I was doing Facebook Lives too. So people were like, we need you to teach us how to go beyond for ourselves. We need it. I'm like, oh my God, okay. So um, that has been a journey that has been evolving. When I step away, it's still it's still in front of me. Like I can't even step away from it. And then with the advocacy, like I said, once I was in Georgia and I was just like my worth trying to get well, I remember telling God, like, if you bring me up out of this, I will use my story for your glory. I'll do everything that I can to help others 
that are suffering from this. I, I need to use my voice now to let people know that they're not alone. Um, I remember having trouble with my eyesight. I didn't even know that could happen. And so I was just very concerned about other IBD warriors that probably think they're alone or they don't know the right questions to ask. They don't know what to do. So I just want to use my voice to help advocate, raise awareness and support those that have the same journey as myself. That is awesome. And I love that very like focused approach for people living with IBD. But let me challenge you in a different direction. So what would you want people that do not have IBD to know about what it's like to live with it and kind of walk them through what your journey has looked like? I would first want them to know just because we look well doesn't mean um, we are well. I can look totally fine and be in a flare. And that was a struggle for me for many years because I would tell people I'm in a flare or I don't feel good or I can't get out the bathroom. And they'll still just look at me and say like, well, you look fine. Can you go here with me? Can you do this for me? Can you do that? Um, And I think it's all was based off of how I looked. Um, But internally, I was not well. So I would want people who do not have IBD or not familiar with IBD to understand when someone says they have Crohn's or colitis, believe them because it's not something that we want to deal with. And it doesn't matter how they look. We have to make our, we want to make ourselves look presentable when we can, of course, but there are moments when we don't, but when we do look presentable, it's hard to believe that that person is actually sick. Something is actually wrong. So I just want them to be a little bit, have a little bit more compassion and concern when someone says they have IBD. For me throughout the years, I went, like I said, I went 10 years No one knew anything. They thought I just had a stomach problem. Her stomach hurt. That's it. So it's easy for us to put on a front too. And no one can tell. So I went through that whole journey and it wasn't until I got really, really sick where I wasn't even well enough to like put on a a brave face every day for people to say like, oh, something's wrong. She's lost 17 pounds. Her hair is falling out. She can't walk for them to actually understand. But someone may look sick and they may not look sick. But IBD is real. Yeah, that's that's perfect. I think that a lot of people struggle with the concept of invisible illnesses. That's something that I've learned a lot from working at Drug View and from talking to people with autoimmune conditions, because often you really can't tell. You know, like when someone has cancer, mm-hmm. they often lose their hair when they have chemo, and that's like a telltale sign. You know, if someone's in a car accident, they may have like visible bandages, but that's not the case with a lot of these autoimmune conditions. So I think that's a really great point. And teaches people how to, you know, be empathetic for things that aren't in front of their faces. I guess that can be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talked about people who don't have IBD. For people who do have IBD, and particularly someone who is just diagnosed, what would you say to them as someone who's been going through this since, I think you said, 94, right? Yeah, 94. Yeah, 94. There's a couple of things I would say. First off, I do tell a lot of people, IBD is tough. But we are tougher. And that is because it will make you tough. I didn't know how tough I was until I got out of that flare. I didn't realize I had a strong voice until I got out of that flare. But while I was in that flare, I refused to give up. I'm like, I have a daughter. She's going to be graduating. I haven't seen her go on prom. I have grandbabies in the future. You know, I have so much that I need to do. So You have to make up in your mind, although you're in pain, you're bleeding, you're going to the bathroom 30 times a day, 
your hair is falling out, no matter what it is, I'm not giving up because I have a mission here to complete. And what I realize is once you're out of that flare, you can start that mission. Well, you're in the flare. You're already in that mission because you have a story to tell, but you have to fight through it so that you can tell it to others. And so I always tell people it's tough. It's real tough, but we are tougher and it's, this disease will make you tougher. And I'm, I'm grateful for this disease because now I can help others. And I do feel as long as I'm using my voice and do, uh, living out the promise that I promised God, I'll, I feel like I'll stay out of the flare. This is stress-free for me. This is my life. I live this. So it's, it's in the beginning, it's always like, why me? But now I'm like, why not me? I'm fully, I'm like a veteran at this now. Why not me? I can handle this. So I just want people to know it's tough, but we are tougher and the disease will make you tougher. And in addition to that, join support groups, open up, talk to people. It's so many IBD warriors out here that they're not alone, but they have to be able to actually talk to people to know that they're not alone. I love that. I love really understanding that like this illness or even situation can be tough, but you can go beyond it. So <laughs> that's it. Yep. That's I love it. That's it. it. I absolutely love it. So a big thing for us and something that we really value and treasure are our support systems, right? Mm-hmm. So every person that comes on, we always like for them to give a shout out to whoever they believe has been impactful, important. And it doesn't have to be limited to one person because we all know that like the autoimmune journey can be tough and mm-hmm. it can take a village to really help. Uh, get you through that. So yeah, we just wanted you to have the opportunity to shout out people or a person that has been impactful during your journey. Absolutely. You know, most recently, Drug View has been great because I love everything you guys are doing. I just love, love, love it. I'm also an ambassador for a not-for-profit called Kochi. They're doing wonderful things as well and very supportive in the IBD community. My family is wonderful. Also, but my number one support care partner, um, caretaker, she's like my, she's always championing for me and rooting for me is my daughter. She has done things, oh my God, like at 15, she's washing my clothes. At one point, I didn't know, it was just her and I in Georgia. We had family there, but our immediate family was here. She was sleeping on the floor next to my bed and I didn't even know it until later on. She just to make sure that I was okay, and I was too weak to get up. I would hear a sound, and I'm like, "What is that?" So I told her, "I said every night I'm hearing a noise. I was hearing a noise every night." She was like, "It was me. I was crawling on the floor, laying by the bed to make sure you were okay." You know, she washed my clothes. She helped shower me, and she told me, "I'm like, you're 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 a teenager. Why are you doing this?" She was like, "You trained me up to be this way, mommy." So I, she is like always champion for me. So if you ever see her with me at events or doing like a Crohn's and colitis walk, she even donates her money that she worked hard for to the cause. So, yeah, she's like she's an advocate, too. She's a caretaker advocate. And um, she's my number one. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I That's think like whenever, whenever people have, you know, really strong people in their lives, I think it's also a reflection on on you. And I think your daughter mm-hmm. echoed that. She said, you know, like you helped raise me this way, but it's true. Like you attract the people that are kind of like reflections mm-hmm. of yourself. So I'm sure they all feel very lucky to have you too. Yeah. 
She tells me every day. I'm I'm just so proud. I am so proud. And she she walked this ulcerative colitis journey with me. It's like mm-hmm. she's been in flares with me. She'll text me while she's at school. How many times did you go to the bathroom? What did you eat today? What's your pain on a one to ten? So she knows all about colitis. Mm-hmm. That's I awesome. see a future mm-hmm. for her in some kind of caregiving healthcare space if she's interested in that, right? Doctor? Yeah. Well, she was considering being a uh, GI doctor. When we were in Georgia, things were so bad. She was considering being a GI. But then that has shifted. She wants to be a, a lawyer. But she's thinking about being a disability lawyer now. So she's she wants to do something in that space to help. That's amazing. That's awesome. Taking taking those experiences that can be so like negative or painful and turning it into motivation is so admirable. So I'm excited to see what what she does. Me too. I'm excited too. That'd be good. Awesome. Well, I think that is all the questions we had today, Shonda. It's been awesome getting to chat with you and hearing more about your experience. And for all of the organizations and the um, entrepreneurial things that you've mentioned, we'll have them linked in the description of this podcast. So thank you again for coming on and thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Shonda. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining the Autoimmune Podcast by DrugView. We hope all you warriors, researchers, guests, and listeners who share similar journeys have gained new insights, found answers, and uncovered more questions for next time. Remember to subscribe and join our warriors for another episode of the Autoimmune Podcast because we're putting the you in autoimmune.